And the preacher said, have a seat. I promise I won't keep you over an hour and a half. God is good. It's good to be back. Don and I were gone for a week uh, on spring break to see our grandkids in St. Louis. They're all doing well. And we're just, uh, it's great to get away. It's always good to get back home and be with uh, church family. Had a great service last week. My daughter and her husband, they go to a Christian church there in, in um, Hillsboro, Missouri. And a fine group of people there. And they have a wonderful, I mean, a really, really great minister. And we're thankful that they're rounded in the word there and, and they're uh, doing a, a good job there. And we're, we thank them so much. But it is good to be back home. It certainly is. Next week, of course, a big week, Easter, and, um, you know, we'll have a full crowd and we're encouraging you to come, bring friends with you. It's going to be a great week, of course. Ladies have done some decorations. We thank all of them that, that do that. They did such a fine job. Uh, Nathan and, uh, Nathan and David, uh, did a great job here for us today. And little Nathan is just, he's just, he's just great. Did a wonderful job. And then the, the singers today, I think, did a good job. We hope that you were blessed by that song. And, uh, we're going to sing it together next week as a group. So come prepared and, and listen to it, pull it up on uh, YouTube or whatever, and, uh, and just be blessed by it this week as well. A group of scientists and experts uh, of plant life were uh, exploring remote areas, regions of the Alps, and what they were searching for is different uh, uh, new species of flowers. And they searched and they searched, they couldn't find any, but one day they noticed that there was this one particular flower that they had never been discovered before, and um, they knew that it was very rare and it was very beautiful and it was probably um, immeasurable in the price of what it could be and worth and what it might even be able to discover uh, things from it. But the problem was it, it was laying in a ravine where there was cliffs on each side and just enough room to slide down through perhaps with a small child. And none of them can do that, of course. Well, a curious little boy was uh, watching nearby and and so the scientists told the little boy that they'd, they'd pay him handsomely if he would uh, be lowered or allowed to be lowered by a rope over this cliff and into this ravine to get this flower for them. He took one long look and backed up, and he was kind of surprised by it, and he said, I'll be right back. A few minutes later, he returned with a, a gray-headed uh, older gentleman, and he approached the experts, and he simply said, I'll go over the cliff and get that flower for you if this man holds the rope, for he's my dad. I wish that we as Christians would trust our Father that much. I wish that we would trust as Christians the Father, our Heavenly Father, more than what we trust what the world has to say. The world speaks volumes to us every day of our lives. We know that. They filter us from the time that we're young until the time that we leave planet Earth. And they try to give us all of these particulars in life. What's best for us? Vote for this group or vote for that group. Do this or do that. You must have this. You must have that. And we're pulled in every direction. And yet God, the centering of what it is of life itself, that God gives us the direction through His Word is so powerful for us. And is one reason why we meet together, one reason why we study together from God's Word, so that we might find our center once again from a world that pulls us in every direction. And so we long to be spiritual, spiritually strong. But yet, I don't know about you, but 
I find myself spiritually weak sometimes because of the pull of the world around me. Listen to what Scripture says this morning about a guy by the name of Abraham. You know him as the father of faith in the Old Testament. This was written about him years and years and years and years after he had lived. And it says in Romans chapter 4, yet he did not waver through his unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God was the power to do what he had promised. This is why it is accredited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, amen, but also for us. Also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Give me an amen. As his children, we need to often be reminded that we often don't receive the things or the blessings from God, not because they are not available, but because we don't know that they are available. Spiritual growth allows you to notice the things that God has given you more clearly. To grow spiritually allows you to be able to be aware of the movement of God in your life better than ever before. For one to long to be more spiritual in their walk with God is a wonderful thing. And it takes time, it takes effort on our parts. And that's what we've been looking at through this. We are in this thing called a series called spiritual growth. And today what I want to do is, I think it's the ninth one in or something like that, I want to get us to see the importance of coming into an agreement, an agreement with God and what God tells us and the power of coming into an agreement with God. It connects us in a way that gives us the blessings that many of us miss in life. When you know what is available, you then can become or come into an agreement with God, and that brings more blessing your way. And then you're aware of what it is that God has blessed you with. If you don't know what He says, you can receive something from Him, of course but you will not give him glory and praise for it, and therefore you can miss out on the blessings that he longs for you to receive after the glory and praise has been given to him. But in that same process, if you do know what he tells you and you don't come into an agreement with him, you can miss on the blessings that he has for you in the future. And so it is important to understand what God has said, what God is saying in his word, so that you can come and align yourself with the word of God, so that when you see the blessing, you give God the glory, and now more blessings flow your way. When you read the word of God and refuse to come into an agreement with him, I wrote that down and I thought, what, does, what, what am I trying to say there? So I'm trying to figure this out as I'm writing this yesterday. And I said, when you read God's word and refuse to come into an agreement with him, for whatever reason it is, it could be a political stance that you have or your party has, but you read God's word and you realize that it says something different than what someone has been telling you of the world. And when you come into that in your life and you refuse to come in an agreement with God, you're in a thing called rebellion. Now, rebellion... Rebellion is not a good thing. We mostly say teenagers in their teenage years, they have a rebellious state about them or something about them. They go through a rebellious state or a time period. Anybody rebellious when you were a teenager? I never was, but I'm just raising my hand for the people that haven't raised their hand. 
also often we can say it's a teenager thing, but the truth is it is a Christian thing. And this is the more weightier one because we think we grow out of our teenage years and the rebellious stages of our life. But actually, as Christians, you see through Scripture and throughout our history, those that were rebellious against God's word, his spoken word, and then things happen that aren't very good for us. It is a rebellion as a person saying, I don't want to take, I don't want anyone to have authority over me, basically. I don't want you to tell me what to do and when to do it. Thank you very much. If I did, I'd go to the army. And that's why a lot of people get out of the army. So what we're doing is we're saying, I don't want my teacher to tell me what to do. I don't want the authorities to tell me what to do. I want my mom and dad to tell me. I want to do my own thing. I wore a t-shirt in high school and it was one of my favorite t-shirts. And I'm not proud of that fact, but I will tell you it. And its statement on the t-shirt was, let me be me. That says volumes, doesn't it? Rebellion is a faith killer. It is spiritual poison. And taking just a little bit at a time, you won't even know that you're doing it, and before long, you can become accustomed to it, and you think you're spiritual, but you're not spiritual at all. Thus, the Pharisees. Spiritual growth is impossible if you walk in rebellion with God, knowing what God tells you to do. This would be one reason why some people don't study God's Word. You see, if if I read God's Word, I study God's Word, I find out what He's telling me to do or not to do, and if I don't know it, then I can just play dumb and just do what I want to do. Hello? A lot of people do that. Did you know that? It can get you in a lot of trouble, though. King Saul knew what God told him to do. But in his rebellious state, of course, he did what he wanted to do in his own little thing. And then his kingdom was taken from him, 1 Samuel 15. Notice what it says in the Living Bible Translation, like this one, For rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft. None of us would want to in this room be a part of witchcraft, but yet in this regards, rebellion is compared to it. Pretty strong stuff, don't you think? The world doesn't have the benefits that the Christians, we Christians have, because they have refused to come into an agreement with what God offers through His Son, Jesus the Christ. But because of us coming into an agreement with God, through His Son, Jesus the Christ, we now have blessings. Blessings. Great blessings. Salvation comes that way, and all other blessings come through God, because God is the giver of all good blessings. You agree with it, you apply it, you receive it. God says it's that simple. The problem is we don't agree with it. Or the problem is we don't apply it. Or the problem is we refuse it. And then we don't grow and we wonder why. Romans chapter 12 verse number 2 is a famous verse in which is used oftentimes because it tells us what we're supposed to do as Christians. And it tells us that we are these people that are of the world, but not to be a part of the world. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Any longer. Because that's what you were. That's what we were. I was spiritually weak, but now I'm spiritually growing spiritually strong. Why? Because I've put it, put those things aside. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Here's the key. So then you will be able to, Test and approve what God's will is, 
Now, what is God's will? His will is good and pleasing and perfect. Give me an amen. Now, I like all those. Do you like good? Say amen. Do you like pleasing? Say amen. Do you like perfect? Say amen. Then you'll love God. Now, the first part of that, you don't get if you're the first part of that. You won't get that if you're the first part of that. In other words, if you're not going to allow yourself to be transformed, those things will not come. You'll have it your own way. To conform means to what? To act or to come into an agreement with something. When you agree with the world and something that God has said otherwise, you are walking in rebellion meaning you have conformed to the world or you are unwilling to come into and conform to what God says I want for your life. You're refusing it. Some people know, but they refuse it. And you refuse. And when you refuse, you will not grow spiritually. The more you know about God, what it is that He wants for your life will help help transform your life. He gives you the word so that you might make adjustments. The question is, if you're reading the word, are you making the adjustments? If you make the right adjustments, you'll get what he says will be spiritual growth in your life. If you're not growing spiritually, you're not adjusting to what you've read or you're not reading it. In Mark chapter 5, the woman with the bleeding issue believed with all of her heart that Jesus was full of all power, not some, but all. She had heard. That's all she did. She heard that Jesus came to heal the sick and set the captive free. And she needed healing. And no one else could give her that healing. No one. She tried everything. But she heard that Jesus could. So what does she do? She comes to him. She comes into an agreement. Agreement with what? an agreement with him that he was all power. So much power that all she had to do was touch the hem of his garment. All power. No less power when she touched his garment and was healed. All power. She believed it. She came into an agreement with it. She received it. Give me an amen. I don't know who said it, but I love it. It says this, power of agreement merging with the force of faith causes the supernatural power of heaven to overthrow the natural circumstances that we face. Wow. I say it something like this, a little shorter. Truly the power of God, truly the power of agreement with God and the force of our faith in unison, bridges our impossibilities to possible. Do you want a bridge built from your impossible to the possible? If you do, God is the one that you need to know about. Because He will build those bridges in your life through whatever that you might be working through in your life or whatever you will go through in life or whatever your children will go through life or whatever your elderly parents will go through in life, God will bridge the impossible and make it possible through His Son, Jesus the Christ. What we have to do is to understand His Word, come into an agreement with it so that we might cross the bridge from our impossibilities to our possibles. That's good. Somebody need to write that down. Over Matthew 9, verse number 27, I want to spend just a few minutes about a couple of guys that were blind. 
Now I want you to think about these men. What they saw their whole life was pitch black. That's all they ever saw. But what I want to do is I want to ask you to question that is a question that Jesus asked them because it's important. When Jesus asks someone in Scripture a question, just make it in the first person for yourself. Is What is he asking me? So Jesus asked the two blind men who had come to him for a healing. And they go from the impossible to the possible. In other words, they come into an agreement with God, bridged with their faith, gives them their possible. How does that work? As Jesus went from there, the scripture says, you can see it on the board, two blind men followed him, calling out, Son of David, have mercy on us. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Stop. Oftentimes what we do is we read God's word too quick. Did you know you can read God's word too fast? Sure you can. You see, God speaks in his word, but he speaks between the lines. And the breath that you take in between the sentence that you just finished to start the next sentence is God is in there. And so what you need to do is when you read that and he asks this question, just pause for a moment as though he was asking you the question. Do you believe that I am able to do this? Because you see, you come to Jesus, I come to Jesus with something probably every day of our lives. And I believe that he's asking the same question today to you. Do you believe that I can do this? Now, it's easy for us to rush to their answer and simply say, yep, that's me. But the truth is, sometimes it's not me. Anybody else? But this is their answer. And the reason why it is a good answer and the reason why it's, it's the answer is because they reply, their reply has to be connected with something. It has to be connected with a belief or an agreement of, not just words for someone to say. Because if I simply say, do you love Jesus? Give me an amen. You all say, it's real easy to say, isn't it? But here is an important thing. Their belief connected with the, uh, uh, the words are not just words, but they come out connected with this in agreement, and it is important for our lives. Their answer is, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Meaning, yes, you, not me. They may have wished a thousand million times that they could see. When somebody tried to explain what blue was, they longed to see it, but they never saw it. They longed to see a tree that someone said, oh, aren't the trees just blooming and so pretty today? Oh, she's just a beautiful bride. Oh, it's just a lovely day, white fluffy cloud. What are you talking about? They longed for it in their lives. They did not see it. At all. According to their faith. Faith in what? As you look at the scripture. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. These men were just coming into an agreement with what they had heard that Jesus could do for them. Son of David, have mercy on us. Yes, Lord. That was their request. For the mercy to be able to see, but yes, Lord, you can, because you, we've heard, can restore sight to the blind, and I'm blind, and I need to see. 
These men were just coming into an agreement. That's what we do, is it not? We read God's word. I haven't seen Jesus. Have you seen him? I've seen him in people, if you will, and the way it's lived out in their lives. But I haven't seen Jesus, but I heard that Jesus would save me. And I believed it. And guess what? He did. You did the same thing. It was a question that stirred in your heart at some point in your life. And you stood there and you simply said, do I believe this, that he can save me? And some of you are here today and you haven't believed that. You're here, you say, yes, you believe in Jesus, but you don't believe that he can save you. Because if you believe that he could save you, you would be saved. Powerful stuff. Coming into an agreement with what he has said. I was blind, but now I see. Praise God. Do you believe? But what do you believe? Do you believe that He can? Do you believe that He can save you? Believe it. Do you believe that He can make you well? Well, I tried that route and it seems to not have worked. Don't give up on believing. Because even if he doesn't make you well here, if you're saved, you will be well for eternity with God. And nothing will harm you. But he can make you well. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he can deliver you from the addiction that you are faced with? The one that you're struggling with? The one that keeps beating a drum day after day, day after day in you? I just can't give it up. You can give it up if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, come into an agreement that He is more powerful than anything that you will face in your life. Along with people that will help you and encourage you and bless you. Do you believe that He can make you a better husband? A better wife? A better servant? A better minister? Do you believe that He can change your vocabulary? Do you believe that He can change your attitude? He can, my friend. You see, our time is now. Your time is now. That's what Billy Graham always said. The time is now. Come as you are. You've heard that a thousand times if you listen to him. Time is now. It's not yesterday. It's not tomorrow. The time is now. We stand before him and we're asking, or he's asking us, do you believe that I can do this for you? And when you, you or anyone comes into an agreement with him, something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Please understand that when those two blind men received their sight, it was not a wish list. It wasn't because they stood at a window and they dreamed about it. That's what many people do in their lives. That's what many Christians do in their lives. Perhaps that's you today. Is that you? You've stood at the window and you've dreamed. You've dreamed of what it could be like. but then your dream just faded away with another day or a week or a month. Their answer was yes. I have a message that's entitled just yes. Talk about this a little bit in there. It's just yes. Isn't it great to know that Jesus' answer to you is yes? Their answer was yes. We know that you can. We know that we can't. And they said, here you are in front of us. We know our sight. Catch this. Close your eyes for a second. Catch this. Their eyes are closed because they can't see. And they're saying, 
he says, do you believe that I can do this? And they say, yes, Lord. And he's, and what they're saying is, we believe that you can because we know that we can. We can't see you with our physical eyes because all we see is something that's black. We don't even know if it's black. It's all we see. It's all we've ever seen. But we can see you 2020 in our spiritual sight because we know our sight is standing right in front of us because you are the one, Father. You are the one, God. You are the one that will give sight and blind. Yes, we believe you, Lord. Yes. Wow. And they saw. I always pause this part of the story when I tell it, even the kids, it doesn't matter. What do you think the first thing they saw? Sweet face of Jesus. They weren't looking. They weren't looking at a blue sky. They weren't looking at a green tree. They weren't looking at the pretty bride. They weren't looking at something else. They were looking eye to eye with Jesus. Fanny Crosby, one of our writers of many hymns of the and our hymnals, she was blind, of course. She was asked once later in her life, if there was a surgery that you could have that would restore your sight, would you have that surgery? And she said, if I had a choice, I would choose to remain blind. Why, they said. Why would you do that? And she said, for when I die, the first face I will see will be the face of my blessed Savior, Jesus. Wow. The blind men, their yes was more than yes. It was, yes, we see what is impossible for us, but possible for you. Romans chapter 4, 17 tells us, God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. Impossible, possible. Amen. Our impossibilities are never a problem with God, only with us. Here's a challenge for the week. Somebody's looking for that because we're about to close. What's the challenge for the week? The challenge is basically a threefold thing. You say, man, you're giving us a lot of homework. Listen, this homework will bless your life. That's why I give it to you. It'll bless you. And so the homework this week will be, the challenge will be, and continue to do this every week. And out in the foyer, we're putting these little uh, togethers, if you will, of all the things that we've been talking about. It's kind of a little cheat sheet of the things that you can do. And I try to put them out about every three weeks or so. I think there's still a few left out there, and I'll put a new, uh, new update next week. But anyway, here's the challenge. Tell yourself at least three times a day that you are in full agreement with God. How? Number one, this is important. I agree that you are greater than any of the forces that are against me. Come into an agreement with God that I believe that you, I agree that you are greater than any force that is against me. Because greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Give me an amen. Number two, say, and I would encourage you to say it out loud because there's something about saying something out loud. Now, somebody might look at you and say, ooh, they're a little strange. Let me ask you a question on that one real quick. Years ago, before they came out with cell phones, if you pulled up the side of a car and somebody was talking to themselves, it looked a little strange, didn't it? Ooh, that guy's a little weird. Right? When you pull up to a red light now and you look over there and somebody's talking and there's no receiver up here, what do you think? Must be talking on the phone. So talk out loud to Jesus. He don't mind a bit. Here we go. I agree that I am loved by you, John 3, 16. For God so loved me. 
I agree that you love me. Sometimes I don't love me, but I know you love me always. I agree. Thirdly, I agree that I am loved by you, but I agree that I am chosen by you and I am redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 1. The blind men and their eyes were opened. Not to a dream, not to a, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be great to be able to see? They were open to experience all that God had for them. If we would only become a people, I believe this, as the two blind men on that day, to not just simply say, Lord, yes. See, too often we're standing at our windows in our dreams. And what we do is we simply say, wouldn't it be nice if I could be like that? Wouldn't it be nice if I could do that? Wouldn't it be nice if I would do better or give more or share more or be a part of more, experience more in my life? Wouldn't that be great? And then some, some, for some reason, and I don't know why, we often close the shades and walk away possibly inches away from the deliverance that God wants to take us or the spiritual growth that God wants us to experience all because we didn't have enough faith to come into an agreement with what he said, not what I think. Our agreement activates God's movement within us. Our agreement opens the doors to things not seen. Our agreement causes God to unleash his favor, his healing, and his blessings on us every day. Come into an agreement. If you are not saved, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come into an agreement today that he will save you because he promised that he would. If you're hurting today and maybe some things that you've been going on in your life, you don't want everybody to know, but God already knows. But maybe today you want to come into an agreement with him that, God, you're going to help me through this. Whatever it is that I'm working through in my life, we stand ready at this time as we sing this song just for you to pray with you, to encourage you, and to bless you. And we want to come in an agreement with you that God is an awesome God. Whatever your decision is, you come together as we stand and sing.